Okay, we're ready to enter warp space. Brace yourselves. Ah, oh, crap, what was that? Oh, crap. What is that going to mean for us? Everybody hang on. We got some weird shenanigans going on. Hey folks, this is Jesse. First off, I want to apologize for the past few episodes where the audio quality has been somewhat lacking. The online recording software we've been using, the files that I keep getting back are slightly warped, and it feels like it's getting worse and worse. I'm going to be looking into some new software, and uh, hopefully in the future we can avoid these little issues and get you the most up-to-date, high-quality sound that you can enjoy and listen to. So... Again, apologies. Thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to listen. And I promise it's going to get better. Thank you. The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adept of the Mechanicum, or a mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find your place here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, broadcasting deep within the bowels of the Vengeful Spirit. Coolio. Hello and welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, a 30k podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'm here with Austin, Dave, Ryan, and Steven tonight. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you? can't complain. I'm in West Virginia, but otherwise I'm alright. As good as can be allowed, call your Congress people. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad times. Special shout out to Stephen Campbell for funding my hobby while the shutdown happens. We can't, like I said before, we can't leave your hobby in the hands of callous, uncaring politicians. You're a good man, Stephen. <laughs> so all right so uh this week we've actually have some heresy news for the first time in a while which is nice a little breath of fresh air uh first things first we have rules for the questorus knight dominus and the questorus knight armagers so hooray we got some new rules and new units that's right so what do you want to talk about first the dominus or the armagers well, bigger is better, so let's talk about the Dominus. Okay, Questorus Knight Dominus. So, as an overview, in case you're not familiar with it, it is the Questorus Knight that looks like uh, Warlord Titan. In the Horus Heresy Age of Darkness, it is 360 points. Super heavy walker vehicle. And the Questorus Knight Dominus is subject to the household rank special rule when taken as part of a Questorus Knight Crusade detachment only. It may alternatively be taken as a Lord of War choice in a Mechanicum Tegmata detachment, in which case it gains the Blessed Auto Auto Simulacra item of War Gear, but but may not gain the benefit of a household rank. It may also be taken in other armies as an engine of destruction and is considered to be included in the Panoply of War list. Did I say it right? Panoply of Warlist. Panoply. Panoply, thank you. I got uh, it. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, if selected as an engine of destruction, this model does not gain the household rank or the Blessed Autosimulacra rules. So, yeah. It's Everybody about- get babies first war. 
Lord. That's right. <laughs> so Not to I, be confused with the AT version of that. Correct. Right, of course. So it is its standard war gear has three twin linked siege breaker cannons, two twin linked melted guns, and an ion shield. It has all the rules of a super heavy walker, such as fear, hammer of wrath, invincible behemoth, move through cover, relentless smash and strike down. The Questorus Knight Dominus may exchange any of its twin linked siege breaker cannons for two shield breaker missiles for free. The Questorus Knight Dominus must take two arm mounted weapons chosen from the following a volcano lap, uh, yeah, Jesus, why can't I speak today? A volcano lance for 45 points, a plasma decimator for 55 points, a conflagration cannon for 30 points, a thunder coil harpoon for 50 points. The Questorus Knight Dominus may be upgraded with ocular augmentics for another 10 points. So let's break down these weapons we got here. So the twin-linked Siegebreaker Cannon, 48-inch range, strength 7, AP4, heavy 2, and twin-linked. Shieldbreaker Miss Auto Cannon. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're not amused. Yeah, not, you know, not mind-blowing. Uh, Shieldbreaker Missile, 48 inches, strength 9, AP3, heavy 1, Shieldbreaker, where invulnerable saves may not be taken against wounds or hole points inflicted by a weapon of this type, and the killer, one use only. The, the fact that it's AP3 is what kills me. Right, especially like, for a single use. Yeah, because like yeah, you're not going to be cracking open a vehicle with that. Or even if like you told me, hey, this is one use only, but it's strength 9, AP2, and you don't get invulnerable saves against it, like... There's a lot of good stuff that that could go fuck up with, like, infantry-wise as well. Yeah. So, well, so uh-huh. here's how I think is the best way to use this. Um, you just completely swap out all your Siegebreaker cannons, and you get up to six Shieldbreaker missiles. Then you aim it at whatever AP3 Warlord that your opponent has, and just dump it in where they can't use invulnerable saves, and you <laughs> win the game. Angron, you bitch. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta hope they're not, you know, <laughs> bubble-wrapped in something like tactical marines or even, you know, terminus. That never happens in Age of Darkness. Yeah, Impossible. What? Impossible, sir. Hey, hey, Jesse, is, um, is this a new rule? Have we seen Shieldbreaker before? I don't think so. Uh, it, I don't think so, but in my, it, the name sounds so familiar. Yeah, like, I feel like I've seen that phrase before, but... But I don't think... Can... I can't remember anything in... Oh, you know what? Deck. The, um... The uh, Exodus rifle, the the yes. carry assassin yeah. has a shield right. breaker. Shield. Oh yeah, you can't, yeah, take, yeah, yeah. You can't take saves against it. Yeah, which he technically is not in Age of Darkness yet, but you're right. That's that is a rule he has. I have played an Age of Darkness game with the carry assassin. He's Age of Darkness. I've played with assassin. Played this it's game a lot wrong. of fun. It is a lot of fun. So here's me hoping that <laughs> this is foreshadowing for what we may get in malevolence right so forge world not being one to just come out with a one-off rule for a for a night or maybe they do i don't know well this guy also has another one-off rule which you know i'll explain a little bit later here uh working our way down uh volcano lance 80 inch range strength 9 ap2 heavy one blast three inches yeah that's where it gets good yeah that's that's a good weapon yeah and we have the yeah, uh, plasma volcano cannon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have the plasma decimator, forty-eight inch range, strength eight, AP two, heavy one, large blast, 
does get hot, but yeah, who cares? Who, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Seven whole yeah, points. Even if it gets hot, you've got a three up save against it. So a strength yeah, eight, eight two large blast. That's pretty good. You have the conflagration cannon, hellstorm template. Which come on, for does Forge World sell those templates anymore? Did they start selling them again? Yeah, they have those. Okay, the hellstorm. Yeah. No, yeah, the big flame template. I think they only get it in the Apocalypse Switch. They don't sell anymore, right? They do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not the final sure. word on what Games Workshop does and does not sell. <laughs> have to investigate later. Uh, so yeah, the conflagration, conf- yeah, conflagration cannon, hellstorm template, strength seven, AP three, ordnance one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about melting my template. Yeah. yeah, big at like, uh, and that thing ruins so many like. I think what makes this a really good weapon in my mind is just what's the other one that has it? A Malkador in Furnace, which usually fires it once and then it exploded. <laughs> True. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, it fires it once. Maybe if you're lucky, it'll get a second shot in for your opponent murders it. This thing, though, I mean, front side armor 13. It's a knight. It has that knight shield. It's got seven hole points. It's a yeah. lot harder to kill in one turn. Uh, and that, you know, you can give it a couple of them if you really wanted to be a dick. I don't know why you would. There, there can't possibly be enough stuff in front of it for two Hellstrom templates, but... You say that as a militia player. I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could just slap two, uh, I, two of these Hellstorm cannons on them. Yeah. You know what, that I would is a possibility. If I gave it two Hellstorm cannons, I would walk straight up to an Iron Warrior's gun line... Put one template on one group, one template on another group, and a shield breaker missile the rest. <laughs> right. Shield breaker missile the warlord for the instant win. How many, right. how many points is this, Jesse? Uh, for the Questor's Knight, the uh, base points is 360. And that doesn't. And the make... Conflagration Cannon is 30 points. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Hellstorm template cannon is 30 points apiece. So for 60 points, you can have two Hellstorm Strength 7 AP3 templates. Uh, that's a fo- that is a yeah, yeah total so four, steal. Four twenty gets you two of those, and either the siege breaker, three of the siege breaker cannon, or six shield breaker missiles. Yeah, that seems super good. Actually, what I would really love to do is not even, not even a uh, Iron Warriors. I would love to walk walk that night straight up to a Solar Auxilia gun line with all their dumb last guns hiding behind their stupid Aegis defense <laughs> lines. <laughs> And just melt the whole army. No, but I, I think what's going to be the best, or at least the most dick-seeming combo for this thing, is one of these conflagration cannon, and then one of the the next thing on our list, Jesse. Yes, the Thundercoil Harpoon. So, it is Strength 10, AP 1, Ordnance 1, Armor Bane, Flesh Bane, Instant Death, Sunder, Harpoon. Harpoon. Once fired, regardless of whether the attack results in a hit or not, this weapon may not be fired again in the controlling player's next shooting phase. Effectively, it may only be fired every other turn. In addition, and this is where it gets crazy, any model that fails a save against a wound or whole point of damage inflicted by a weapon with this type suffers D6 wounds or D6 whole points of damage instead of just one. These wounds do not carry over to other models in the same unit. So, now the nasty part, the, the conflagration cannon, the 20 tactical marines, <laughs> and the new harpoon, you thunder coil harpoon Angron, and if he <laughs> manages to not die, 
you hit him with six shield breaker missiles. <laughs> Good so night, here's, Angron. Here's hard the, counter, Angron. You heard it here first. <laughs> here's the here's the tough part to swallow. The harpoon is only twelve inches. That's the range of yeah. The harpoon. It's essentially it's, a bolt pistol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but to be fair, though, the, you know, I and I, you know, I was telling myself when I saw this earlier, it's like, oh, I'm I'm glad they didn't take the lazy route and not ma- just make this a D weapon. This feels worse than the D weapon. <laughs> hey, at least a volcano cannon can fire every turn consecutively. That is true. And yeah. as a template. I mean, at least you'll be bringing it in mega battles, and most of those give you that one-use-only re-roll. So when you hit with this and wound him and roll one wound, you can try again. True. So yeah. The crazy thing is, is that the ocular augmentics upgrade it can take gives it a re-roll of one on the D-chart within 12 inches, but the harpoon isn't I a think, D weapon. Yeah. I, th- I think that's just a, um, I mean, it also gives it just a copy paste. I'm pretty sure that's just a copy paste. Big yeah. That's, night that's, vision a standard, night. that's a standard uh, upgrade for knights. I think. Yeah, it is, but still it's funny to me. But yeah. So yeah. In case the D in case the instant death doesn't kill you, the D six. Right. Here's D6. Take care of that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fifty. Uh, there's a greater than fifty fifty chance. Warrior. Yeah, sorry. It doesn't matter how many. Like, unless you're shooting at a primark, chances are instant death won't be necessary because right. you'll do d six wounds. <laughs> and if you fuck up and roll one, oh well, <laughs> he just gets skewered by a harpoon the size of a rhino. It doesn't matter. That, that this thing has potential to one shot a lot of stuff. Yep. What Hell, I really love. Oh, you know what the best part? So it can take household rank, right? So mm-hmm. uh, yes, in a uh, in a uh, not detachment. Yes. Yeah, so you could take a Dominus as a uh, what is it, Knight Arbalester, and just like thunder coil harpoon planes out of the sky with sky fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's at twelve inches though. <laughs> you gotta get, get no, real Jerry. Close. Jerry just flies a little too close, and he's like, "Hey, come here, pachunk." Get over here. Yeah, it's the scorpion of knights. <laughs> but I'm hoping with that harpoon special rule that we will actually see Ursus Claws in the near future for reals. Oh, yeah. oh you know it. I'm, I'm only a little disappointed that this is, I think, maybe the third or fourth weapon in Games Workshop's history that's been like some form of harpoon, and it doesn't have a drag enemy towards you function. Hmm. Yeah, the blood slaughterer had it, and yeah. uh, some of the blood angels dreadnoughts could do it. And it was just like, oh no, I'm harpooning him away. They're hey. getting close with that uh, thunder gauntlet, except it's just throwing stuff away from him, not actually bringing it towards. They just expect the thing to be dead. Right? Yeah. yeah, I guess in, in <laughs> fairness. That Praetor that just got smacked in the chest with it, you know, if there's enough of him around the harpoon to remain in one piece, we'll get dragged back towards the night. I am staking my claim now. I'm going to make a free blade Dominus missing one leg and with a giant harpoon gun. <laughs> House Pirates, maybe? Ooh. House Ahab, get with the times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't uh, go over the uh, top stats. Quick pilot? Yeah. Quick uh, weapon skill 4, ballistic skill 4, strength 10. Front, side, rear, 13, 13, 12, respectively. Initiative, three. Three attacks, seven hit points. Whole points, excuse me. All right, I, I take it back, actually. 
Uh, if you're running this as a Lord of War, that Thundercoil Harpoon might not be the best thing. If you're only BS4. Yeah, it's not the... Yeah, but if you once, make them a... Once every other turn. So that means you're shooting it, like you're... It's hitting twice all game. If you manage to fire it six times. Maybe three times. Or, yeah, maybe three. Maybe. No more than three. It's true. <laughs> that That's actually, for 50 points, that's not as exciting as I initially thought. It's oh, a oh, giant no, no, harpoon. No, 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 no. What dude, did dude, you dude. want? Double, double coil. Double thunder coil. Yeah. You and just, just shoot, shoot one at a time. Shoot one at a time. Shoot one the first turn. Shoot the other the second turn, and just and just uh, go back. It has a twelve. It has a twelve inch range. You have to walk up twelve inches, <laughs> harpoon something another you can, twelve. <laughs> you could potentially go up to twenty four inches. Right. So it's just a really, <laughs> really crazy bolter. <laughs> that that one guy bringing a mastodon. You just ah. This is my challenge. Actually, I want to see a double thunder coil harpoon. Dominus. Actually, we're year. joking about it, but realistically, a double thunder coil harpoon Dominus, also considering it comes with melted guns and essentially fancy auto cannons, like, that's a pretty decent vehicle buster if you consider that it can shoot True. its weapons at different stuff. So walk up 12 I mean, inches, shoot some punk ass predator with a harpoon, maybe melt to some other the stuff. Problem, that's 410 points. 420 the if you take is, the The problem is finding enough stuff in that 12-inch bubble of death to well, be worth your time and effort. Well, consider, like, a lot of artillery lines generally keep their artillery units together. Um, in the back. Predator squadrons <laughs> go together with <laughs> like, 12-inches. Like, it, predator not... squadrons, this could, this could ruin. You're right. I even could. Given the household rank that lets it outflank. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh. it, is a, it is a different game uh, in an actual nighthouse list. My my mind has it as like a Lord of War in my army. Yeah, sure. Because I don't play knights. Yeah, the Urban Sys 24th need to be reinforced by Harpoon Knight. It needs to happen. Oh, God. They, they have so many other problems. <laughs> what I really need is another 60 infantry for them. But we'll say, like you mentioned, that BS4, that's going to be disappointing when you miss half the time with your uh, Thundercoil Harpoon. Yeah. No, Which, go I know two I know Thundercoils. Three up. Not a four up, but still, trust me, it's yeah, we all only know half the time. Yeah. <laughs> Statistics are an invention of people who never play war games. <laughs> it's true. Okay, does anybody have anything else they want to talk about this Dominus? Any ideas off the top of their head? Only that it still looks dumb. I will say it's it, it looks like a remarkably good buy, right? For three hundred and sixty points. So just looking at it against the Questorus Knight Paladin, right? Which is your your basic knight. So oh, Questorus Knight. You, you gotta we'll buy say, the guns though, yeah. so four twenty minimal. Oh, is it? Yeah. They don't come stock? Yeah, so it's must take two arm mounted. Uh the conflagration cannon is three, then the volcano lance at forty five, the thunder coil harpoon to fifty, plasma decimator for fifty five, and that's per gun. Okay, you so must buy two. It really, it really is you. baby's first warlord. I got you. That makes it much more balanced. Okay, I was just looking at the war gear and seeing the three twin-linked Siegebreaker cannons. Those are just... Auto-cannons. Why don't they, why don't they just yeah, call auto-cannons? And then the two twin-linked... Okay, I got you. So the, the, you're buying the arms. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's an it's a a la carte knight. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, lady. it's still good. With the seven hole points and still yeah, like you still got your eye on shoot. It's not uber fantastic in my mind for like 
the 460 points to make it like a really nasty hitter. But I will will also say, if you take it in a Tagmata army, getting that Blessed Autosimulacra for free is also pretty sweet. Yeah. That really makes it worth it for no extra points. So it really shines in the Mechanicum army. Because the only thing thing Big Daddy Thanatar needs is a Harpoon Knight to inspire him. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Ryan, you got anything to say about this? No, I think uh, I'm really not a fan. I think it looks like garbage, and it's just an excuse to put it in 30k. You're not you, wrong. Ryan. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, but the full card demand is. Uh, it's true. I just really want to see a double thundercoil harpoon knight. Well, I you can. I'll be. Com- I will. Uh, I'll com- pick one up and get ready for the big blam. I pick one up, then right. I gotta pick a second up because I'm pretty sure they don't come with uh, double harpoons out of the box. Well, you can make the other one uh, double flamethrowers and just be a oh, hero. True, true. It's true. Or I just pick. Plus, how cool would it be when you just when you uh, when you walk up to a warhound and pump two harpoons into it and just do <laughs> twelve <laughs> whole points? Potentially, <laughs> that would two to twelve whole points. Let's not get too crazy. Let's be a little realistic. R- Ryan, no, you got to You got to dream big. <laughs> Ryan, do you feel the same way about the the little ones? No, I actually like those, and I, th- the I think the way that, uh, yeah, I mean, the armatures and the rules they came out with uh, add a little bit of, you, there's some nuance there, the way you can play them and stuff. I like the armatures. I do too, man. I love the, like, I love the aesthetic of the armature. I, I really like the way they sort of stack in the heresy, man, so. Yeah, they, they're, they're a great addition, and like, I like how just the way they are, they fit perfectly fine in the fluff right now, because they're armatures. You're not going to be talking about them. You know, when knights are around, they're just an afterthought. So you just pull them right in as if they were always there. And yeah, nobody writes stories about the peasants anyway. <laughs> nobody so, important. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. These things are not just peasants, though, Austin. I mean, it depends on uh, what night house is running them. They might be just be jumped up peasants, but peasants nonetheless. Yeah, they, they specifically say that some night houses. Uh, it's like, you know, the lesser, you know, the, the third song when you only have that one night kind of deal. <laughs> uh, but other houses, it's like the, the whatever peasantry, you know, some loyal minion can get an armager. It's true. It's true. I mean, I mean, if you're not the first or the second, you know, firstborn son uh, of the uh, of the night household on the loyal world. Um, you know, you could be, uh, you could just be in, you could be in an armature, but you know, that's, that's not the worst thing in the world, man. Well, True. so what I think is interesting about the fluff for these little guys is that they can kind of, they're like kind of sort of mind slaved to a knight. So a lot of the like lesser nobles don't actually want to be armature pilots because they are like subconsciously told to blindly follow whatever knight is in charge of them. That's 40k. Have have we established that that's also in the heresy? I mean, technology doesn't really change. Yeah, I would say yes, just because it's probably that same subconscious like thing going on in the armagers that makes everybody that pilots a knight like fall into a feudal society. Like it's just that like little bit of stuff going on with their MIU knockoff that makes it happen. Do you want to read the? Uh, so if you look at the truth rank for them and say, hey, they're the most often recruited from outside the household's core bloodlines to service in the armature frames. 
Some are distant cousins of the household nobility. Others are warriors of proven value uh, from tournaments or from the battlefield, while some houses even sink to recruiting impressive prisoners of war or captured scions of rival houses into the role. Oh yeah, look at that. That's page two. Yeah, the scion auxilia. Yep. So let's uh, let's let's start from the top and uh, work our way down. So the Questorus Knight Armature Talon, which we love our Yay, Talon. Talon. <laughs> Starting in at 175 points. Weapon. So for the Knight Armature, the model is Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 7, Front Side Rear 12, 12, 11, respectively. Initiative 4, 2 attacks, 4 hull points. It is a walker vehicle. Its default war gear is two Dreadnought Close Combat Weapons. If there's a little asterisk there, and I don't know where it's uh, referring to. Two Dreadnought Close Combat Weapons. Ion Buckler. So the Ion Buckler, an armature knight armor is constructed with a smaller, less power-hungry ion shielding array. This device is capable of switching its defensive alignment both more swiftly and more accurately than the larger ion shield, but only provides a fraction of its larger cousin's protection. An Ion Buckler grants the Questorus Knight Armager a 5-up and vulnerable save against all shooting attacks, but grants no benefits against close combat attacks. So similar to a Contemptor Dreadnought, right? But, you know, uh, I was act—I was actually just about to look at the uh, Contemptor's base cost to see how it—it's actually twenty points cheaper. Yeah, it's well, twenty the, points the cheaper than a Contemptor. Yeah, while no, almost being. Wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, you said the Armager's one hundred fifty-five. No, one seventy-five. Uh, Contemptor's one seventy-five. Armager's one seventy-five. Yeah. Same. Oh, they're the same price. Yeah. Oh, I thought I That's thought right. I heard one fifty-five. Uh, yeah. All right. So for the special rules for the Armager. It gets household rank in a Questorus Knight Crusade only. In a Questorus Knight Crusade army, it also gets implacable advance. It has a special rule, Long Stride, which is read as follows. The Questorus Knight Armager is constructed to keep pace with their larger cousins, moving ahead of the main advance of a knight household to identify and neutralize smaller threats. A Questorus Knight Armager that chooses to run in the shooting phase does not roll a die to determine the distance move, instead always moving up to 12 inches. Additionally, on any turn in which a Questorus Knight Armager chooses to run in the shooting phase, it may fire a single weapon as a snapshot after completing the run move. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is stupid good. Yeah. So this thing's blasting around 18 inches. All right. It has uh, moved through cover as well. Uh, going back to the household rank, a armager has the rank, uh, the unique rank of a Scion Auxilla, which is a troop slot. It is for free. These warriors are most often recruited from outside how uh, as Ryan was saying earlier, these warriors are most often recruited from outside the household's core bloodlines to serve as pilots for, of the armature frames. Some are distant cousins of the household nobility. Others are warriors of proven valor selected attorneys from the battlefield, while some houses will even sink to recruiting impressive prisoners of war or captured scions of rival houses into the role. Whatever their origin, these warriors are outsiders in the complex political web of the household, relegated to the role of battlefield support and pawns in the internal struggle of the Lord Scions. Those few 
Though few of their number that achieve great feats of valor and skill on the battlefield and live to celebrate success may find themselves elevated to the rank of Scion Marshal and welcomed to a true member of the household, a promise that results in the reckless bravery often demonstrated by the pilots of armager class knight armors. Scion Exilla may not benefit from warrior traits that target other friendly knights or models. So, well, at least you don't have to pay for it. That's right. This <laughs> like, true break comes for free. <laughs> so, this talent may include up to two additional knight armatures for 150 points each, which is pretty interesting. Like, huh. yeah. <laughs> buy two more and you save 50 points. And no, you- it's like they're encouraging you to buy more. Right? They come in po- they come in boxes of two anyway, so it's like the old, you know, hot dogs come in packages of eight and buns and six, and it's like, you know, you gotta just keep buying. Well, then more. again, if you if you buy three boxes, you can run two talents. Problem this solved. True. This is true. Ah, he's gotcha. Bingo. I think it's also to encourage you to buy like a box of each type. Right? Yeah. Because you either yeah. buy the double autocannon version or you buy the Lance um, close combat weapon version. Yep. So here are the other options. Any Questor's Knight Armager may take a single carapace-mounted weapon chosen from the following weapons. A Heavy Stubber for 5 points, or a Melted Gun for 15 points. And any Questor's Knight Armager may exchange either of its Dread Not Close Combat weapons for one of the following weapons. An Armager Autocannon for 15 points, or an Armager Thermal Spear for 10 points. All Questorus Knight Armagers in the town may upgrade their heavy stubbers with biocorrosive rounds for 10 points each. So, going through the weapons, the Armager Autocannon. The exact pattern of autocannon employed by various households vary, but in all cases, these reliable and rugged weapons are prized for their utility and striking power. The Armager Autocannon, when using armor-piercing rounds, has a 64-inch range, strength 7, AP 3, Heavy to Sunder. 64 inches is kind of a unique number that I don't think I've ever seen as a range before. Nope, me neither. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. And if you're using the incendiary eh, incendiary rounds, again, 64 inches, strength 7, AP 3, heavy 2, and ignores cover. So this is actually pretty cool. All right, so let's just... Yeah, can that we just take my a minute to real sad. Yeah, how good <laughs> these autocannons are. Well, really good. All my last cannon teams in cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh no! And it's still instant gone. deaths them. Yes, the instant death is the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's or so like nasty. That, that missile launcher, you know, heavy support squad in the back. Nope, nope. They're all dead. Sixty-four inches. Yeah, uh, they're all AP three too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's the anti-quad mortar, right? So strength seven. Oh shit! Seven. Right. You're rolling uh, fours. Ignores yeah. cover. But by quad mortars. I think you actually don't you outrange quad mortars? Aren't they at sixty inches? Yeah, yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Measure that four inches right there, and we're good. Okay, into the shooting. All righty, Archers objectively a better mobile support platform than dreadnoughts. I mean, yeah, when you're getting four of them, and let let's back up a second. So you add two more of these to your squad. That's one troop choice, and for a night house. That becomes four scoring units. Yeah, and they're um, like. What's the problem with? Yeah, what's the problem with night nightless? They never can like claim objectives because there's only no real. Well, now you take one less night for four scoring troop choices that are pretty good in their own right. 
Yeah, and yeah. if you consider that like the biggest threat to knights is big, heavy firepower, like like one of Jared's Imperial Fist Las Cannon squads, just roll four of these puppies up there, pump eight of these auto cannon shots in there with incendiary rounds. AP three, no cover. Goodbye. Yep. Just keep yep. on. That's that's fluffy and pump crunchy. As necessary. Uh, actually, sixteen, Stephen, because you can give them two auto cannons. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> so here's the question. Guys, um, so troop choices in the Questorus Nighthouse, right? They're not yeah. great. Um, in some t- in some cases, you're actually taking negatives if you take like a Scion Aspirin, mm-hmm. right? So it's minus 35 to whatever uh, night chassis you're taking. Right. But you're getting objectives secured. Are no. you getting objectives secured with these guys? Yes, no. indeed. I believe uh, you are. Implacable Advance, does yep. that confer... Objective only, only yes, in scoring though. Yeah, yeah only for the knights. Doesn't help the tagmata because they're heavy support in that list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for um, a, to go back to the little box there. Uh, alternatively, a Questorus Knight Armature Talon may be taken as a zero to one heavy support choice in a Mechanicum Tagmata detachment. But if it is taken in this way, then the Questorus Knight Armature Talon loses both household rank and implacable advanced special rules. Who cares? Auto cannons. <laughs> and they'll be able to benefit from the warlord trade. Right. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's a zero to one heavy support choice, so you can't spam these guys in your uh, Mechanicum army. You can right. take four. How I is mean, that you not can, yeah, You can still take. <laughs> it's one unit. Right? How, do you take, how, do you take, how do you take four? No, you take three. So, so you can take uh, up to two additional. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking it came in two. So, yeah, so, so you get three. So previous math, is hard. math of the 16, I was getting confused there. It's 12. Yeah, yeah. 12 okay. is the number. Okay. Uh, I mean, so you can take so. three of these, and then they're a talent, so they're each individual units, uh, which I can take or leave, quite honestly. Sure, for, they seem like they do, they do best together as a unit. Yeah, like, you're getting the benefit of, like, they're only 12, 12, 11. Yeah. Uh, so they can't, like, can't just mulch through them like that. But there are missions where a heavy support kill counts as a victory point. So, yeah. Or two victory points. So that could get a little atrocious. Yeah. Well, the, th- the thing is, too, uh, Mechanicum typically kind of suffers for mobility, but just to have three armagers running around 18 inches on the side of the board pumping you with autocannon shots, not fun. Not looking forward to it. Let's just like reduce this even further, right? You have three of them with just the two Dreadnought Close Combat weapons. Just run at stuff. Yeah, and just operate them as one mass. <laughs> yep, moving at least or moving up to eighteen inches every turn. So that's what four attacks yeah. on the charge, right? Yeah, you hop into some good yep. cover and like hide for a turn with long stride, and then you come out and you punch something to death with chainsaws. And, you <laughs> and there are four hole points. points if you really want to be rude. Yeah, four hole points is a big deal. Yeah, that's twelve hole points of armature you've got to get through if you if you want to kill all three. With a five-up invuln, which take or leave it, but it, you know, a save is a save. I'll definitely be rolling to die. I mean, they I have mean, they've moved through cover too, so they can. Yeah, I, the time, I'd ride five up feel no pain. Yeah. I'd ride five up feel no pain to victory all the time. This is better than that. That's right. <laughs> and you've got armor. Yeah. Okay, so after gushing over the uh, armager auto cannons, uh, we also have the. Ar- They're way better than that harpoon gun. Yeah, the armager thermal spear, <laughs> which is thirty-six inches, strength eight. AP two type one type is heavy one melta. So we have an AP two uh, melta weapon. What? Okay. Should be 18, 18 inches, right? Like eighteen. Inches. Thirty-six. 
Yeah, 36-inch range. Yeah, it's basically a multi-melter. Yeah, it's not terrible. With one less AP. Yeah, I would... It's okay. If it's going to be AP2, I'd I'd almost prefer heavy 2 at that point, but that might be a a reach. I mean, but consider that you can put three melter weapons on one knight, or on one armature. Yeah, that is true. And so again, 18 inches up, and then hide for a second, pop out, put six thermal spears into a super heavy, <laughs> and then three more little melt guns. <laughs> They'll have a bad time. That's true, too. That's good. Has, um, has anyone built a knight armature here? Yes. No, I've got two sitting on the sprue, because I bought the box specifically for the thermal cannon for my Reavers. Okay. I've, been... I've built them. They're, they're even, can you, could you, does the kit come with all of these options? Like, could you magnetize it and have... You, you could no. magnetize it, but the kit only comes as either the Armager Helverins, which have two auto cannons, or the Warglaive, which has a chainsaw and a thermal gun. Mm-hmm. So to really, really optimize this, you'd have to buy both boxes, and you'd have to magnetize yep. everything, and then you could run at least two as anything you want. Actually, yeah. to really optimize it, you'd have to buy four boxes if you wanted to run squadrons of three, uh, because otherwise, I mean, you could have two equipped one way and one equipped another. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Maybe one with the the double thermal spear and uh, two with double auto cannon. That might be fun. So for our 30k listeners who don't know what armature pelverins or armature um, what the fuck is the other thing? Uh, the big thing? Yeah, <laughs> those things. Yeah. The dominance. What, what do you... No, no, no. The armature. Oh, what the, oh, the armature... Uh... The two boxes, right? Oh, yeah. There, it's the... Stephen just said it's, it's, it's either it's either Helverin or Warglaive. So what do, what do they come with though, Stephen? What do you what are the weapons that come in the The Helverin comes with two autocannon and presumably it's Caribus weapons. And the Warglaive comes with the thermal spear and the little chainsaw weapon. Um, cool. But the war the Warglaive kit comes with enough of those weapons to fit each armature. So, two thermal guns, two chainsaws, Helverin yeah, and comes with fact, four auto Yeah, and these weapons are perfect for your Titanicus Reaver. Yep, it's true. So, you know, you magnetize all of them up, and they can look. There you go. Yep, and mine are already magnetized, so... I actually went right off the bat to converting my armatures to Chaos armatures. Uh... Because I'm that kind of guy. So now I have uh, archers ready to roll, ready to run out and do stuff. Nice. And, and to um, auto cans are. Yeah, I, I got to wrap up the rest of the weapons. Heavy stubber, thirty-six inches, strength four, AP six, heavy three, and add some bio corrosive rounds if you're really that kind of guy. For thirty inches, strength two, AP six, heavy three, poisoned four up. So enjoy that. Hilarious against Mechanicum, though. That's a good point. It's true. <laughs> Like, this is the bane of other Mechanicum stuff, right? You give it these autocannons and then stick the bio-corrosive heavy stubber on top and just laugh at the other guys being robots because your tiny mech warriors are better. Yeah, <laughs> slaves of the new Mechanicum will fall. So it looks like Armagers will definitely be a fun take if you have a Knight Army or a Tagmata for the fun of it. But yeah, they definitely shine. And, and while, while this, I think, makes the Knight Army better, it also, as someone who doesn't play knights, makes it more fun to play against, I feel. 
Like, yeah. if you fill no, out your also, troop choices with, like, six or eight of these little suckers... Well, you can't. Because uh, one important point to notice is that these may be taken as non-compulsory troops. Ah! That's where they get you. That's where they get you. Ah, that's so dumb. <laughs> Never mind. I'll throw everything I said. What's the uh, crusade attachment in front of on top of my head? Is it one troop minimum? Yes, it is. I'm looking at yeah. it right now. Okay, so yeah, mand- mandatory one troop choice. What's the max troop choices you can cha- you can take? Three. Okay, so you could have up to six of these guys running around. Yeah, but they can't ever benefit from anything other than the household rank, which is like the what is it, the auxilia, the scion auxilia. Yeah, I mean, nothing. with implacable advance and you know just running around, just making a mess of stuff. I I say that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're still scoring units, right? Definitely. And yeah. yeah. They're scoring issue. units. They're not objective secured. I think that's an important distinction to make for people that don't play a lot. Right? Yes. Objective, yeah. sub, uh, objective secured is really far better than implacable advance, which just means if you're within three inches of an objective, you can score on it. Objective secured means even if somebody else is within three inches of an objective, you still count as scoring, and they do not. I, I have a quick rules question myself. Um, I thought troop units themselves have objective secured, or is that not the case? No. Okay. Thank you. I, that was like a four, that was a forty k thing, maybe a long time ago. It, yeah, it was a it was a thing for forty k uh, back when everything scored, so troops got objective secured to uh, mitigate that. Or to make them worth taking, okay. I should say. But no, it doesn't exist in 30k. Well, no, it does. It does specifically. Well, it, for, it exists for knights. That's it. Austin, yeah. Austin you're, you're breathing yeah. into the mic real hard, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Just I'm, a- <laughs> I'm working out, man. I got you. Yeah. Just real excited for armatures. No, I got this tiny, this tiny beak thing under my desk. <laughs> it's exciting. I apologize. No, that's fine. Right. Getting ripped for the. Getting ripped for the wedding. Yeah, get that cardio in, man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that and he's got to carry uh, the rest of Richmond on his shoulders at Nova, so he may as well be qu- uh, strong. This is true. Ah, uh, Nova. Nova makes me so happy yet so sad. <laughs> okay, all right, everyone. I need uh, I need everyone's impression. Questorus Knight Armagers, yay or nay, Austin? Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're running a knight list and is a tag model list. They're they're super fun. Nice, David. Armagers, yay or nay? Yay, all the way. Sweet. Okay, uh, myself personally, uh, yeah, these look like a lot of fun and would be a fun topping for anyone's Questorus Knight Crusade army. Ryan. Yeah, I'll take them. All right, and Stephen. Uh, a very emphatic yay, mostly because I like the idea of just. Packing on a bunch of Meltas or Power Fists on these dudes and suicide bombing them straight into something <laughs> expensive. <laughs> and just charging. Yeah, also best auto cannons in the game to date. Yeah, they're pretty damn good. So you heard it here, folks. Just uh, invest in Armager auto cannons and you won't go wrong. Okay, that's so that, miss. that's right. So that wraps up the new rules for this week, which are pretty awesome. Thank you, GW. We always love some uh, heresy stuff thrown our way. Uh, next, want to talk about uh, they had a preview. Uh, I think it was this today, actually. 
We have a small preview for Titan Death, the Wharf of Beta Garmin for Adeptus Titanicus. <laughs> so where do we want to start with this? Who's who's got it up on their computers? Um, I, I got it here. Yeah, they're gonna have to lead us lead us to victory. Okay. All right. Titan Death, the war for Beta Garmin. Titan Death is the first expansion for... Uh, this is on the uh, Warhammer community page, by the way. Titan Death is the first expansion for Adeptus Titanicus the Horus Heresy. It's full of new content for you, for you to use in your games of Titan battles, including rules for eight new legions... Legions? Don't I mean legios? Which we'll be previewing later this week. The centerpiece is a campaign based around the war for Beta Garmin, known to later generations of the Imperium as the Titan Death of the book's title. So I think the thing I'm most excited for in this book is, in their little reveal, they talk about tying everything together in a campaign. And yeah, boy. And it looks like they've taken some stuff from like the hardcore BFG campaign rules. Uh, the thing they talk about is called salvaging the battlefield. And summation, at the end of the game, if you have an active unit on the battlefield, you get, like, campaign points, essentially, for recovering the wrecks of your titans, uh, which I think is awesome. And what I think is really cool is, so they say you get 20% of its starting value in armory points, whatever those happen to be, probably the things that you fix titans with. And then weapons on a destroyed Titan may be salvaged as long as they're not disabled and are added to the player's campaign roster. That seems so awesome. Yeah. Because I envision, like, you have 2,000 points to build your list. Do you give every Titan two guns and go with it? Do you only have 1,500 points worth of Titan and, like, guns for them? And with some extra guns, you know, depending on the mission or do you bring extra like Titan chassis and maybe not guns for all of them? Because hell, at the end of the first game, some of them are going to be blown up anyway. Like it just, ah, it just seems so good. What I imagine will probably happen is, for the purpose of campaign, you'll start with a Titan chassis. Like you'll take like a Warlord, right? And then whatever the, the absolute cheapest Warlord you can buy is the bog-standard warlord. Like, two uh, uh, two macro things and a... Uh, what are they? The rocket launchers. Yeah. Two macro cannon, macro gatling cannons and rocket launchers. And, like, if you take a warlord, that's it. And then you spend points to replace the macro cannon with volcano cannons or plasma annihilators or whatever. Yep. So, uh, See, I'm imagining that going the other way, that you buy your engine... And then as, like, a separate, like, sidebar, you buy all the various weapons. And so at the start here's the of each campaign kit. turn, like, assign arms to Titans. Yep. So they mentioned there's a toolkit of rules to choose from, including crew experience, legion honor, post-battle rewards, and even salvaging the battlefield. So I, I still don't know too much about Titanic as myself personally. Is crew experience a thing right now currently in the game? No, it is not. But I'm excited. Yeah, there, there are some very interesting things. Like, because I feel like crew experience, um, and again, this is me just like wishlisting at this point. But it's probably either going to uh, follow the BFG line of you increase your leadership, right, which you activate the Titan on, make that yeah. better, or you give them some sort of one-off bonus, like, hey, you can 
always activate this one order or two up, or you get a re-roll once a game, failure activation, or something, something like that, which doesn't seem like a whole lot uh, from a like game-to-game perspective, but really adds like a nice flavor to a game where you can always, like, you know, all right, I'm going to play this mission, and uh, I know I'm going to have to move fast. So you know what? I'm going to take a Titan that always passes full stride on a two-up, because that's their shtick. Yeah. Right? So you can get a lot of really cool things going with it. Yeah, those of us who've played Battlefleet Gothic campaigns, are, there's a whole lot of stuff that we can immediately look at and be like, oh, that's going to be awesome, because I know how it works in this game setting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so looks like we're going to figure out some more stuff later this week. So our next episode, we'll probably have a lot more stuff to talk about, but this is definitely a nice little taste. I'm going to push us on a little bit right now. And um, Ryan, so Nova open 2019, we got some heresy events coming up. You want to talk about that? Yes. So um, this week we launched the heresy events. If you're on the Nova open uh, Facebook group, You'll have seen the post. Um, these are the draft events that will be going up for the web cart. I think they're going to open it one March, if I remember correctly. Uh, sometime in March, when yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, when they actually open the web cart, uh, you'll be able to purchase tickets for these. So I just wanted to give everybody an idea of what to expect for Nova this year. If you've been to previous Novas, uh, most of these events you'll be familiar with. Uh, we actually kept the same lineup for... Just about everything. So we have opening salvo, well, uh, day by day. So on Thursday, we'll have opening salvo, which you're looking at um, 2,000, 2,500, or 3,000 point armies. This is the event where everybody claimed Primarchs, and you can play as few or as many games as you want, and it contributes to a campaign. Uh, Thursday as well, we're going to have the Centurion Shadow Race. So that's 1,500 point Centurion games, uh, three of those. Um, Friday, we have, uh, Will actually is taking over Zone Mortalis for me, so he's going to be running Zone Mortalis, we're going to be running Excruciatus, uh, which is the two games of 3,000 points, that kind of, if there's a competitive 30k event at Nova, that's, that's it, um, even though that's, that's kind of debatable. Um, and then you have Big Blam Friday night. And then on Saturday, we're running uh, the doubles event, 1,500 points per player. We're also running an Adeptus Titanicus event. It's going to be an Escalation Adeptus Titanicus uh, on Saturday. And then Jesse is taking over Strike Team on Sunday. So that's kind of the quick rundown. Uh, If you're on the Nova Open Facebook group, the draft primers are up. Uh, I'm not going to post them anywhere else until the web card is at least available for viewing. Um, they usually release it, I think, in February, so you can see what the events are before the cart goes live. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a good lineup this year. Uh, lots of fun. I think we're have uh, it's it's a good time every time at Nova. Indeed, and uh, you know, people are. I think we decided to run a Delta. Titanicus this year, but that's kind of like bittersweet because we're also running it. We're running it at the same time as Bromance, which is a very popular event, and we're forcing. Yeah, I'm torn. I know I we're forcing a lot of people to to choose, you know. But yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're breaking my balls, man. <laughs> I know. Balls. That's that's pretty much I mean, what everybody not, has even said. Even if I don't play in Titanicus, I'm still bringing my Titans for pickup Titanicus games. 
Oh, sure. They'll be late. Oh, yeah. Titanicus. Titanicus. Well, if you remember last year, I think we had uh, Al out of Pennsylvania. He had some warlords and a couple other folks had some warlords because AT had only been out for about a month or two uh, last Nova. So there are plenty, there are a few like demo games going, but I imagine this year this people are going to be hitting up pretty hard at night. Oh, yeah, yeah it's once Nova after you, hour starts. Do you know if this is the only AT thing that's going on? Like are the 40k guys running an AT event for any reason? I do not know what the other game systems are running. Um, I was able to propose AT as a event, and we have because it's taking up the tables, some of the table space we had for bromance. Um, we still have plenty of. I mean, we're going to be able to have up to eighty players for bromance this year, um, nice. which is I think pretty cool. Yeah, and then we're still going to have room for I think twenty four or 30 AT players, because the tables are smaller. You know, you're talking four by four tables, so. Hey, Ryan, can you talk at all about how many events or how many um, games an AT player might be able to get in on Saturday? Um, let me look. I think it's three. Uh, and since that's the new event, let me jump to the primer really fast, and I'll just give a quick, really quick thing. This is being run by Nate. Uh, Nate runs Excruciatus. He also, if you've played the Big Blam, he is the one who runs um, Big Blam. Uh, so, and he's, I believe, he is one of the guys running AT at Adepticon. In fact, I'm pretty sure he is. It's him and one other dude that are the main uh, AT guys at Adepticon this year. So this is a, probably a modified packet from what they're doing at Adepticon. And it may change a little based on feedback, you know, because I think Adepticon is probably, uh, at least on our neck of the woods, the first AT event at a con. They might run it at LVO, but I haven't seen anything. Uh, so one second, let me bring up the packet. So it looks like three games with escalating points, uh, 1,500, 2,000, and 2,500. I do not. I do not play AT, yeah. so I have no idea. I, I think that's a lot, or gets to a lot. That it's, is a, uh, that is a lot. Twenty five hundred is a lot. It's legit. Yeah, if you yeah twenty five hundred Austin, what do you think? A couple of warlords at least, and then well, you can fit a full Axiom maniple, which is a warlord, two reavers, two warhounds, and a banner of knights into like seventeen fifty. Comfortably, yeah. Comfortably, twenty five hundred yeah. is like uh, the upper limit of holy shit. This game is going to take forever. You, you know what those are? No, no, no. So those are actually I know exactly. What you're doing. Those are the skirmish. The those are the three breakout levels, right? No, skir skirmish. I think starts. Skirmish is seventeen. So skirmish is seven fifty to twelve fifty, and then the next level yeah. up is twelve fifty to fifteen hundred. I thought is it fifteen hundred? It might be, maybe it or is. No, you're right. I think it is 1750. 50, because yeah. that's, yeah, for the strats. Yeah, those are Hold the on, I'll check the book real quick. I think those are the three levels of where they break out in the meeting engagement. So if you're doing sort of, you know, um, masked play, I think is what they call it, right? So those are the three levels. And they add complexity and they add stratagem points. So that makes sense. Um, 2,500 is a big, it's a big limit. But what people need to understand here is that they don't need to build a list to 2,500 points. And this is important, 
And I'm sure Nate will break this out in the uh, in the primer. You don't need to build a list to 2,500. You just need to build a list to whatever that top tier is. And then if you're what they call um, at an underdog margin, so if you're below the points of whoever else brings a 2,500-point list, you will be compensated that many strategy points. So there's a mechanic within Adeptus Titanicus to basically make that up. And it's it's really well-balanced, and it's really fun. Um, yeah. I actually sometimes like playing the underdog because it gives you so you know, sort of certain advantages and in, in, uh, in everything. Yeah, so it says a skirmish 700 to 1250, confrontation 1250 to 1750, and then epic clash, which is 1750 to 20. Uh, God, twenty five hundred is a lot. Like just just the amount of uh, terminals you need to play, like that that starts getting up there. That'll be well, like I said, uh, crazy. You know, like, I'm, ex- the I'm excited drama. for it. Yeah, so uh, things may change. They might run it at Adepticon and find that they want to do lower points or larger game rounds or whatever. So with the uh, the way they do the Nova primers, you'll have the draft primer when the web car goes live. But where you we have the ability to change the primers pretty much up until like the week before. Um, so, you know, things will change a little bit, but yeah. And like David said, there's... Name and you just, it's Nate. So he's a taskmaster. If you show up to one of his events, you better be really a fucking roll some dice and know what's <laughs> up. So he may just push yeah. you to play it. Yeah. And like Dave said, like if you really want to play this event and you're like, well, damn, all I have is like 2000 points. It's the biggest, I can get, you know, I don't want to buy more stuff. Uh, you can take that underdog margin, and it's not the end of the world. Um, for 2,500, you need to be 350 points or more under your opponent before you start getting extra strat. Um, but I've done that. Like, I've been more than 200 points down in the game uh, and got this extra strat for it and really didn't feel like I was behind the time zone. Like, I felt I was right in it the whole game. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm uh man, it might be uh I might be at AT this year, especially if it's being run oh, by Nate. And and there's a fancy dress requirement. We should we should also highlight that. <laughs> um because it is a six millimeter game, it is a gentleman's game, and you have to dress like a gentleman. Challenge accepted. Princeps formal. Hmm. Bonus points for Mox. Now this is gonna be fun. Oh, hey, Ryan, I just wanted to say one more thing about Shiatis. I would say that um, for anybody who's not played at Nova or um, the Heresy events before, like, there's no competitive event at Nova. Like, you you play Excruciatus because you want to put big shit on the table and you want to have a good time. I played it last year and I my Warhound got blowed up turn one and it was still a great game and we had a lot of fun. Um, I mean, it's 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 just being able to put whatever the fuck you want on the table and play that. You know what I mean? It's no oh, holds bars, yeah, yeah. but it's it's still it's it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not competitive so much as you don't feel like a bad guy taking that super awesome unit that just happens to be really okay. Like, so I I said competitive, and the only I mean that's what it was built for was those folks that wanted more competitive play. It is the only 30 K event that's labeled as a tournament. Everything else is competitive or I'm sorry, uh, narrative. That being said, just like Dave said, I mean, I don't think there were, was anybody that showed up expecting it to be competitive. I mean, you have to rank your, your army as far as how harsh you think it is, but 
everybody's kind of on the same page. It's not like a tournament where you show up with the harshest army trying to dick punch everybody. And you, everybody knows what level they're at, you know, so, and they get matched accordingly. So it's, it's more fun than anything. Yeah, no, totally agree, man. I had a, I had a great time doing it. I look forward to it. Do it again. Yep. All right. And with that being said, I guess we can wrap up and do some plugs and we'll call it a night. So, uh, Austin, you got anything to plug? Um, nothing I can really think of that I'll get into here. Although I will say, uh, I got the Nova Open newsletter today, uh, and they said the hotel is about 80% booked right now. 80% uh, so booked, you said? 80% booked already. Uh, and let me say, so my first Nova, I was at a hotel like maybe a block and a half away, and that was fine, but it was kind of stressful. And then last year, I had a room at the venue, and it was so much better. Like, it is nice. Not having to like bring my all the stuff I need for the day, and like rolling over, like being able to just get you know have a bunch of drinks at the the lounge or you know somebody's thing is Skippy Robbie that they bring sometimes, um, and not having to worry about like oh well no I'm drunk and like cross streets and do all that shenaniganry. Um, and being able to sleep in a little more. So yeah, I, I highly recommend if you're going to Nova, book, book your room. So that's my Do official it. plug. Do it now. <laughs> David, how about yourself? Yeah, just a quick plug. And, um, I'm going to be plugging these guys again on, uh, Heresy Grad School. Jason Patrick and I record tomorrow, but I'll give them a quick shout out here. Um, the guys from Oz 30 K. Uh, yes. I was going to mention it. If you didn't, Go ahead. No, so no, no, you go ahead. Oh, okay. So uh, the AUS 30K guys are running a Kickstarter currently for their um, 2019 event model, which uh, this year is a 28mm sci-fi nighthouse engineer, which we posted on the Remembrance Rose Retreat Facebook page uh, earlier this week. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's really cool. Um, currently, the uh, 13 Australian dollars or more is uh is all gone for an individual model but there's still plenty of other options out there these models look tight right dave i mean these things look amazing oh no they're they're absolutely amazing and so i think for those people who want to you know think about it as a nighthouse engineer that's that's totally cool could be a mechanicum guy who's just you know seconded to a nighthouse but what these really are these are the the sacristans right these are these are the the night house. Um, these are the night adepts that the Mechanicum has basically sent out and uh, and and sort of uh, attached to the the night houses as they're discovered in the Great Crusade. So what Osler K does more than anybody else, right? These guys are amazing, and and these guys, Jesse, I don't know if you know this, but these guys gave D forty three their own world on their yeah. I, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, like it's like it's interactive. So they basically ported over all the lore that Austin and Steven and I did for D43, and it's interactive. You guys can check it out. Um, we'll get back to that at some point. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but, but part of this Kickstarter is it's not just these amazing, um, you know, sacristans. Sac- sac- I just can't say that anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, but you have options. Their very first model, which is a uh, a nighthouse emissary, and then you also have options to buy um, like really cool 
uh, space marines that are just kind of stripped down to their black carb yeah. piss, right? Yeah, unarmored so marines. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, cool. yeah, I mean, I would 100% use these as objectives, right? Like, these guys would fit so perfectly into a narrative. They'd be great in a ZM, like trying to rescue mission or something. Yeah, yeah. looking at them now, one of them is, uh, like, all his ninjas with manners yeah. on. Like, very much, like, go rescue that guy. It's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for a bonus for all of our American listeners, it's all in Australian dollars, which is the equivalent of, like, I think it's uh, one U.S. dollar gets you, like, a buck 39 right now. Interesting. So, yeah. Finally on the good end of an exchange for words. Yep. But uh, you only got a limited amount of time left. I think the February 1st is when the Kickstarter ends. So I think that one of the cool things they offer there is they have the event pack. So you can get the individual models, or if you're like an event organizer or you have a big group of gamers that you want to get a model for, maybe as a gift or whatever, um, you can get up to 10 models, and then you get some options as to how many of each type you want. I think it's cool that they're doing that. Yeah, and you definitely save money by getting that. Like 100, 100 Australian dollars gets you 10 models. And additional models can be added for ten dollars each, so it's pretty sweet. Yeah, these guys are these guys are like one hundred percent dedicated to the hobby. Um, you know, the Aus Thirty K guys have a website that's like a wiki that has deep lore that you can check into, and it's. I mean, these guys have been doing it for years and years. Um, so the fact that they've branched out and started to do these sort of esoteric models. Um, you know, pretty damn uh, impressive. Oh, I mean, it's They've, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. They're and, second, second Forge World, man. And I think <laughs> these guys are also the guys that uh, do the rules for Epic Thirty. Oh, really? I I know that the Epic Thirty rules are. Yeah, I think you're right, Austin. I think these guys. And there's only like twenty people on that. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that one of the stretch goals, if uh, this Kickstarter like, funds high enough, I know one of the stretch goals is they're going to include sort of optional um, narrative and rules with each model. So you'll get a little set of rules that you can use in your own campaigns. And Ryan, didn't you get a... It wasn't your set of uh, ZM rules out of Australia? Uh, it was from uh, the Oz 30K, but it was the uh, the printed card deck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For the ZM, yeah. I've worked yeah. myself, too. Oh, yeah, these, these, guys are, uh, these guys are definitely deep in supporting the hobby and uh, I know I'm, I'm pledged in at a pretty high level so uh, hope you guys uh, hope you guys check it out and join it yeah yeah I'll actually be having Andrew Hollis on uh, tomorrow for Artificers uh, Unplugged whoa well uh, hey well you get here for a while I've been here for a while <laughs> Jesus uh, yeah but uh, we're gonna be talking about other aspects of the hobby that go beyond just painting and modeling Things like community building and outreach to communities and a thing like that. Because so uh, honestly, without cool. the uh, Aus 30K, I don't think um, our VA 30K would be a thing. There's a couple like grandfathers out there for you know, like Aus um, 30K is definitely one of them, and then uh, the Eye of Horse are ones that really got me started into one to put the community together. Very cool. So yeah, I love the Aus 30K guys. Good stuff. Ryan, you got anything to plug before we call tonight? Uh, two things. So on 16th February, I plugged it last week, but it's uh, 
a charity event we're running up here in Glen Burnie, Maryland. It's 1,850 points, uh, three games at 1,850. The event details are on uh, Maryland 30K, and also if you look up at Mid-Atlantic 30K on Facebook, you can find it. Uh, it's going to... Uh, we're going to be doing a raffle. So the three main prizes are going to be uh, Vigilator, Pravian, and then a Plasma, Jump Pack, Plasma, Mortet, all the Forge World um, special character guys new in box. And then there's going to be some other uh, prizes. I, th- I have to look it up, but it's basically $1 per ticket, and then if you buy five, you get seven tickets type thing. Um, you don't have to be local or at the event to get it, although there will be some prizes that you can only win if you're at the event. Um, so if you want to buy raffle tickets to support uh, the charity, then hit up Maryland 30K. You can contact me, and I can get you in contact with uh, the event organizer for that one. And then second thing... And what day is this? Oh, go ahead. That's on 16th February. Oh, February 16th, okay. And, yep. And then uh, another thing, I'm actually not going to be at that event. So if you're going there to see me, yeah, too bad. Uh, February 16th and 17th, CK Studios is doing their uh, CK103 class, which is the Painting the Night Titan. Uh, that's going to be outside of Philadelphia. I'll be going to that. Uh, I think there are still spots available. Uh, it's a really excellent class I'm looking forward to, so think about going to that. All right, cool stuff. And uh, coming up soon, January 26th, down at Battlegrounds, uh, we'll be having a uh, doubles tournament where you bring 2,000 points and you'll get matched with a rando person. It'll be kind of like the fighting pits. So you just see how you last, see how long you last. Oh, why didn't he call up the fighting pits? I, I just got ah, my head, so I can't. Up here. Yeah, it just popped in my own head, so I'm not holding anybody against it. So, yeah. I can. You're not even <laughs> running this event. Two seconds. You come up with an awesome name for it. Ah, well. We, we can get uh, Jared to change the name here pretty soon. But, uh, but yeah, 26th of January, if you're in the Midlothian area, come on, swing by. Bring 2,000 points or whatever. Just hang out. We'll have a good time. There's already about a dozen of us going anyway, so. Yeah, I think I'll be down there for that one, too. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I see. Got a little check mark next to Ryan. He is coming. Will, you got anything else left to plug to? And then we'll officially call it a night. Uh, no, I'm going to be starting to uh, stream. You know, that makes me super cool now. But uh, I'll be doing streamings on uh, Facebook or whatever of painting sessions. So there's that. And then Lancaster Painting is where all that bell will be. All right, then. Well, for the Remembrance Retreat, I'm Jesse. I'm Ryan. I'm Will. Good night, guys. That was an excellent excellent. (laughs) And keep those (laughs) dice rolling. Just roll those dice, people. Have a good night, everybody. And I'm going to stop the recording right now. Man.